You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today is 8-Minute English, talking about separable and non-separable phrasal verbs. Hello there and welcome to 8-Minute English. I've got Ben with me today. Hi Ben, how are you doing? Hi John, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Today we're going to do something about word order for phrasal verbs because phrasal verbs are typically pretty difficult for people but it's also the word order that can be an, an issue can't it in terms of word order what do we mean by that i'm putting you on the spot there <laughs> yeah well i think phrasal verbs in general are very tricky to teach and to learn for a number of reasons obviously they can be a bit illogical or appear to be illogical that it seems that the verb and sometimes the particle have nothing to do with the meaning also with the word order because some phrasal verbs are separable some are not and some can be both they can be separable and inseparable as far as i know unless you're going to enlighten me john as far as i know there are no easy to learn or, or fixed rules i wish i could enlighten you but um, <laughs> that's it isn't it there's nothing mm. you can really say to a student to say yes it's like this other than for this reason other than saying okay these particular words are like this and sorry mm. there's not really a reason but often that's what happens in language isn't it really yeah it's one of those things isn't it you just have to accept it i've just realized that i made a mistake i said inseparable it's actually inseparable i was toying between non-separable and <laughs> inseparable and inseparable but of course it's inseparable inseparable yeah i think it's also another phrase they use non-separable as well don't they non-separable but as in you cannot separate it right but maybe that's a good starting point maybe we can have a look at non-separable or inseparable in fact inseparable phrasal verb sounds a little bit like they're always together isn't it it's like <laughs> Is it emotionally connected that exactly they burst into tears if they were <laughs> they were separated that's probably why they don't say inseparable in the grammar <laughs> no so yeah let's go with non-separable we're kind of using a bit of a prop here through the british council which i often find very useful this idea some phrasal verbs cannot be separated at all okay mm -hmm. this is because they're intransitive that means they cannot take a direct object the example they gave here is i grew up in london that's not true i grew up in the midlands but anyway you cannot say i grew in london up because yeah. that makes no sense it sounds silly it does sound silly doesn't it they had a couple of other ones because we were talking about particles as well Mm -hmm. So the particles, I guess, are talking about the prepositions. That's mm. what a particle is, isn't it? Yeah, it can be a preposition or an adverb, I think. It's usually a preposition. It's usually what we consider a preposition. But they call them particles because they're not always prepositions. It's the other part of the verb, of the phrasal verb. So you have the verb and then the particle, often which are prepositions. So most of the time it would be a preposition, really. Mm -hmm. And then you've got certain phrasal verbs that maybe come with couple of particles an example they got here is i came up with a great idea to come up with something it just comes to your mind in that moment isn't it really yeah it's something as spontaneous or or maybe in this case something can come up spontaneously it comes up in conversation or you can come up with an idea you can often infer the meaning of phrasal verbs from the component parts so come and up if something comes up it appears doesn't it mm -hmm. kind of appears in your mind in this case absolutely that's the thing isn't it you look for the clues 
in the words themselves, which seems obvious, yeah. but sometimes it doesn't work, right? But if you say come up, it's kind of related to appearing, isn't it? I think we have to be careful because I think it seems logical to native English speakers, but people who are learning the language think they could just say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But for us, maybe you sure. think, oh, it does seem logical. But I think all phrasal verbs must have some logical origin. I just think sometimes it's so far away in history that we don't, it seems like it's completely illogical. I remember in a video I made, I spoke about, well, I spoke about a couple, but knuckle down, for example, to knuckle down, it's, which means to really start working hard on something. You think knuckle is a part of your hand when it's mm-hmm. formed in a fist. Now, apparently it's from when people used to play marbles. When you started playing the game, it's to knuckle down to start playing the game. Those little glass balls where you I've never played it, but I guess you try and hit your opponents. But when Mm. your knuckle hits the ground, that's when you start playing. So you knuckle down to start playing the game. That's curious. Cool. There is a logical origin, but it's very difficult. If you don't know that origin, it's impossible to guess. So Mm. you just have to learn it as one chunk of vocabulary. That's right, isn't it? But Mm -hmm. it's trying to make that connection, if you can, to some extent. If it's there, just to help you, I suppose. So this came up with, obviously, you can't say I came up a great idea with mm-hmm. that came up with has to come all together it cannot be separated it's non-separable if you're using the pronoun as well i've got a great idea i came up with it just now so again obviously you can't say i came up it with just now i mean it just sounds very bizarre doesn't it to say that yeah again it sounds bizarre to us and hopefully it does to an english learner because once you've spent some time some years learning any language, but in English, in this case, I think you develop an instinct just for something that sounds sounds bad. It just doesn't sound right. Because you can learn, you can sit down and study all the verbs which are separable, the phrasal verbs which are separable, phrasal verbs which are non-separable. But at the end of the day, I think you have to trust your instinct sometimes and just think, oh, that doesn't sound right. With the example you read, hopefully English learners would just think that to me, that just doesn't sound right. And I think that's what happens, isn't it? I've noticed that with gerunds and infinitives, a lot of students start thinking, okay, that doesn't sound right, but Mm. it's just about repetition, isn't it? Invariably. And if you're in an English speaking environment, I guess that becomes more of a common idea, doesn't it? That doesn't sound right. And go with your gut, I think sometimes, particularly at higher levels, can work sometimes as long as you know Well, you don't even need to know the principles. It's just as long as you know that these things exist, right? Uh, Exactly. I think you can't underestimate your instinct or intuition or whatever. It comes from somewhere. So it often happens. I mean, I have students who are doing a task and maybe they have four different options or word options to complete a task. And they say, oh, they're all synonyms. They're all exactly the same. And perhaps they are synonyms, but only one word fits in the gap, maybe because there's a preposition or a collocation. And I just say, go with your instinct. Just read the sentence with the four options and choose the one that you think sounds best. I would say probably eight times out of 10, they choose the right answer. It's not 100%, but it's a pretty good success rate, I think. So it does work. With phrasal verbs, it's perhaps a little bit trickier, but it is possible. No, I think it is. And it's just getting into the habit of maybe listening to them and not necessarily always using them. But if you are going to, yeah, just think about this idea, really, isn't it? We've maybe got one more example that we're talking about. Is it look up to? That's another non-separable one. So to look up to somebody, it means that your role model in some way, isn't it? You can look up to your dad or your mom in the sense that you respect them and the things that they do, you want to follow in some way because you're proud of them. 
admire them, I think. Yeah, definitely. That was part one. Stay tuned for part two. You've been listening to 8 Minute English.